Welcome to the Seals Pod. We are wrapping up the offseason. There's been so much activity, and who better to take us through everything that's gone on in the building of the next iteration of the Seals than general manager and head coach Patrick Merrill. He joins us now and is going to take us through you know, a little bit of the close of last season, as well as all the things that happened this summer into the fall and as we lead into the camp. So, Patrick, how are you? I'm great, Mike. How are you? Doing well. The uh, The weather started to turn here a little cooler, so everybody's kind of calmed down. We had our week and a half, two weeks of uh, what we consider extreme heat in San Diego. Kind of sends the uh, the county into a bit of a tizzy, uh, but now it's cooled down, and so we're all doing better. How about How about you in the great north? That's great. Yeah, no, we're we're doing really well. It's actually pretty nice fall weather that we're experiencing up here these days ourselves. So uh, all good on our end. Well, that's that's really fantastic to hear. So to to talk about the offseason, I think we kind of need to close out last season, have a little bit of a, a discussion about what happened, what went well, what didn't, because that's obviously going to influence the moves that you make to build the current team. So you and and everybody on the team we we make it to the game three of the western division finals one step short of making it to the finals i know having been around you and the coaching staff and the leadership that uh the the championship an nll championship was the goal of the season and and didn't quite get there but having some time to reflect on it was this a successful season was the 21 22 season a success in your eyes yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I, I, as you mentioned, I don't, I don't think any of us look at it as uh, fully as a, as a successful season. I think, um, you know, we felt we had a team that, that was built to win a championship last season. And, um, you know, we felt like we got close. Um, and, um, you know, obviously to, to lose uh, in the Western Conference final really, really stung and really hurt. And, uh I don't think we're all any of us are quite over that. Um, that being said, I think, you know, when you reflect, you, you can't just look at the negative, right? You have to look at uh, the whole picture of the season. And, and you know, we, we accomplished quite a bit as a group, you know, and I feel like we grew quite a bit as a group as well. And, um, you know, and that's, you know, all of the positives that um, um, that we experienced together as a team and, and even and even some of the challenges, I think, um, it, you know, built a built a really good foundation for who we're going to be this year, and and also what we needed to do in the off season to improve our team. I think, um, you know, when you, uh, you know, I think the first place that we all have to look uh, is in the mirror. You know, when you when you lose and at the end of a season, and and. Uh, and the reality of it is, is that we can uh, make excuses all we want, but we lost to a better team that that eventually proved that in the finals as well. And uh, and and we had some deficiencies as a team, and and you know those are the, some of the things that I was excited to uh, start to attack over the course of the off season with with Josh Anderson and Steve and everybody and Sean and everybody involved. Um, you know, and, and helping us rebuild it for this season, this upcoming season. So, um, yeah, I think just like any season, there are a lot of positives uh, and probably more positives than negatives, but uh, it, it wasn't quite good enough for us. And uh, I think we all feel that way. And, um, and, you know, we tried our best to make our team better this offseason. Completely understand everything you're saying there. I think it's important to look back at it and say, Hey, this is a franchise that's only ever been able to finish two seasons and to make it to the precipice of the NLL finals in your third season playing your second season to actually finish. I mean, I think that's a pretty remarkable accomplishment. Thank you. I, 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 I would agree again. I mean, if you talk to me in June, I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have, uh, I probably wouldn't have agreed with you then, you know, uh, um, but I, I th yeah. And also I, I think our guys, um, you know, with, with missing a full season and then, you know, dealing with uh, that extra layer of, of stress and that it put on the guys, you know, through the course of like all the different COVID restrictions and, um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're pretty proud of where we are today. Right. And, and we, and we do still believe that, you know, the best is yet to come. So um, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely feel the same way. And um, you know, I think it's going to make us a stronger group going forward. A lot of good things going on with the team. And, and I think it is going to be a stronger group going forward before we close out last season. I one what a bizarre season it was just on the field. You had a six-game winning streak and then a, a six-game losing streak. First off, have you ever had any kind of a season in your playing or coaching career that kind of tracked that same way, that that just seems so unique? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Um, you know, it was it was crazy, right? It was almost like two seasons in one, it felt like. Actually, I would say it almost felt like it was three seasons in one, including kind of the playoffs as well um, and the ups and downs that we went through through uh, the course of the, the, the playoff uh, rounds. But um, no, it was um, it was pretty, you know, but but again, I, th I think it was uh, it was a really kind of huge learning experience for us all, you know, and um, the high of kind of going through that early part of the season where, where things were going really well um, was a lot of fun. Right. And I, and I think we also kind of established a lot of kind of like a, like a lot of confidence and, and, you know um, but then, you know, maybe felt a little bit too good, good about ourselves kind of going into that stretch at the end of the season and, you know, and then it kind of opened up our eyes in terms of, again, some of the deficiencies that sees that we have as a team. So but yeah, definitely a unique experience. That's for sure. So obviously going into the off season, you're going to examine probably the negative part of the season because that's how you're going to improve for the upcoming season. Was there one, two, anything that you could kind of put your finger on as far as the losing streak and how you went about trying to fix that for the coming season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is that we all know in this league and it's, but we've talked about it a lot. We talked about it as a group a lot, um, is that you, you really, and Colorado is the perfect example of this is that you, you really need to peak at the right time, right? So you need to be built for the end of the season. You need to, you need to have a ticket to the dance, right? You need to get in, give yourselves a chance by getting yourselves into the playoffs first, but you also need to play your best lacrosse, you know, in April, May, and June. And it was kind of the opposite for us. So, um, you know, how we attacked that is, is we felt like we needed to, you know, maybe get a little bit younger, right? Uh, we needed to maybe take a little bit of pressure off of our, our veteran guys a little bit more and surround with them with, with players that we felt um, could take a bit of pressure off and, um, and then also, you know, again, like just kind of um, just not only the way we're built as a team, but also, you know, the way, you know, Shooter and I and, and Billy actually re reflected quite a bit on kind of like, you know, how, how we prepare week to week. Right. And, um, you know, how we practice, you know, we take care of the guys. Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so those are some of the things kind of on and off the floor that we focused on. And I think we addressed a lot of those things over the, over the last few months. So you finish the season, have some playoff success. I think there's a lot to build on there. And then you get into the off season. And one of the great things about the league right now is it's growing. One of the negatives that comes along with that is expansion and expansion drafts, meaning that you're building a team, especially uh, a young team, which is hard enough and that you have to <laughs> expose some of those uh, talented players that you've accumulated over the first few years. So we get to the expansion draft, you know, take us through some of the conversations. You had some really, really tough choices about who to protect and uh, especially a goaltender when you have one of the luxuries that very few teams around the league have when you have two very good goaltenders. Talk to us about the decision-making there and then the process after Frank Giuliano is going to be taken by Las Vegas, how to get him back via trade. Our first priority was, uh, was uh, to, to try and keep both goalies. Uh, in the previous two expansion drafts that we, uh, that we were a part of, um, we lost, we lost Ryland Hartley in the first expansion draft after our, our first season in the NL, and then we lost Nick DeMood. And, 
you know, um, we're really, really high on both of our, our goaltenders. You know, Frankie uh, is still our guy and our starter. And, um, you know, I thought had a really good season, really overall, if you look at it uh, from a statistical perspective, but also, you know, he was, he was one of the best players in the league, right. Until we went, ran into a, in, into a, a rough patch at the end of the season as a team. And then, you know, we, we believe that Chris is, is one of the best young up, up and coming goalies in, in the league as well. And I think part of what we were talking about before with your previous question was, you know, trying to, you know, again, sustain, uh, you know, a, a consistent uh, approach every week and, and then peak at the right time. I think in order for us to do that this season, this upcoming season, we're going to need to rely on, on both guys a little bit more. You know, and um, where, you know, Frankie's our guy and he's going to start the season that way. And, and um, you know, and we're going to play kind of whoever gives us the best chance to win every week. And we fully believe in Frankie, but we feel like, um, you know, we can use Chris more uh, so that as a team, we're, we're better off, you know, by the time we get to playoff, by, by, the, by the time we get to playoff time. And also, too, um, you know, both goalies have different strengths. Right. And, you know, uh, and different styles. And uh, I think that that's going to create a lot of, uh, you know, I, we think that that's going to create a lot of uh, problems for uh, for how other teams prepare for us going forward. And, you know, unfortunately, to be able to do that and keep both goaltenders, we had to make a deal with Vegas where we had to, you know, trade trade some guys that had been with us that, um that they really wanted that Vegas really wanted in exchange uh, for us to keep both goalies and, you know, saying goodbye to Brandon Clellan who had been with us since year one and Mark Lassini as well, um, you know, was, was really tough. They're both great. As you know, Mike, they're great people. Um, they really helped us establish not only who we were as a team on the field, but, but also our culture off the floor in terms of their character and, and their leadership abilities. So, Vegas got two really good guys um, and, you know, um, and you have to, in any trade, you know, you have to give up something good to, uh, you know, to, to get something good back in return. And, and that's what happened at, the, you know, in that situation with, with regards to the expansion draft. And, um, but now we're just moving forward and, you know, and uh, really happy that we're able to keep uh, Frank and Chris and, uh, you know, you, you can't win a championship without great goaltending, right? And uh, and again, Dylan Ward proved that last year with Colorado. So we're hoping those two guys can help us take that next step. So you get through the expansion draft, you know which players you've lost, which you've retained, you're able to keep your goalie depth. And so then the focus becomes free agency. In general, when you approach a free agency period, which you've had a lot of success the last few years in signing impact players, do you focus on team needs do you focus on the free agents that are actually available and just try to go out and get the best talent available? How do you prioritize who you're going to try to bring in? Yeah, that's a great question. So it, it actually starts prior to free agency opening with regards to, um, you know, some, you know, our, 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 our own pending UFAs, unrestricted free agents, right? So trying to get them signed, before August 15th so that we don't lose them to other teams, um, you know, and, and some tough decisions had to be made that way as well. I mean, again, you know, after keeping Frankie in the expansion draft, he was a pending UFA. So we had to, we had to start there, right. And make sure that we, we secured him before he became a UFA and on the open market. So we put the franchise tag on him first and then have had conversations with others as well in terms of where they stood, right. Whether they wanted to return or not, Right. And and uh, and then obviously, if not, then, you know, looking at the list of potential free agents that would be available to us. And then, yeah, I think where we start there is is, you know, what our what our team needs were. So filling holes that, you know, we had to fill with guys that were moving on, but also obviously making our team better. Right. Overall. And, you know, one of those areas we felt like we could really uh, improve our team. Uh, was on the right, on the right side offensively, right? And that's not to take away from 
the season that that Wes Berg and, and Trey LeClaire and Jeremy Noble had because they were three of our best players all year long. And, and uh, you know, we're hoping, you know, and and, and uh, we, we were planning on having all three of those guys back, but maybe in different roles. And I think we just kind of had to balance out our production offensively um, and, you know, being able to, uh, and, and as well, you know, that, that the free agent class of offensive righty was, was really, really strong uh, this off season. So it worked out well for us where we can kind of be aggressive to try and improve our team in that area. So that gets you to essentially, you know, two of maybe the three most important free agents in the entire league, both right-handers, I guess, kind of take us through the Kevin Crowley and Curtis Dixon uh, process here. Did you ever think one that you could get them both? And then how no. did it work out? Did right. I don't think anybody thought you could get both of those guys, right? Anybody could no. get both of those guys. No. And, you know, we were hoping to get one or the other. Right. And, uh, you know, honestly, we, we, uh, we, we're, we love both of those guys for different reasons, you know, but, you know, we, we also felt like they were two of the best offensive, not only free agents that were available in the open market, but, but still in the league. Right. And, and um, you know, how, how it went on, went down, Mike, I, I, you know, I don't think we have enough time to kind of explain, <laughs> who, <laughs> you know, just, just tell me who uh, came first and who came second, or did they kind of say, Hey, Oh, you're thinking about this. Let's team up. Like, was, was there a fall of dominoes or was it kind of just a collaboration? They're like, Oh, these guys kind of thought it would be cool to play together with the team that's already there. Yeah. Like I said, I could probably write a book on the, how it all went down, but, uh, and I might, I just might one day, but uh, you know, really how it worked was, Curtis Dixon was with, you know, Calgary had put the franchise tag on him, right? And at his age and with his level of experience, uh, the way it works is that he could actually uh, refuse the tag. Um, and there's a, there's a time limit in terms of how long uh, he has to make that decision. And kind of in the meantime, and they put the franchise tag on him the day before uh, free agency opened. Right. So technically, you know, um, he was still Calgary's property when we were first were able to reach out to Kevin. Right. It's kind of the short version of the story. And then, you know, in talking to Kevin, you know, we had to obviously figure out whether or not he was interested in, 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 in us. Right. And, you know, when we found out that he was, then conversations started to progress from there with him. And then, um, but he had interest from a lot of other teams as well, right? And he he wanted to see that process through before making his decision by having conversations, not only with us, but with the other teams that were interested in him. So while that was going on, I was also engaged in conversations with Curtis and, and his agent, and, but without really knowing whether he was going to be involved, you know, available to us or not, right? Whether he was going to decide to go, back to Calgary or whether he's going to be a, a free agent and then, you know, take that next step and, and uh, of, of those conversations and, and the negotiation process with him. So um, it just so happened that, um, you know, they, you know, Curtis with the conversations that he was having with Calgary and some of the other teams and, and Kevin, with the conversations that he was having with the other teams as well, you know, they decided that San Diego is the right fit for them kind of around the same time. So, uh, and, you know, and, uh, and then from there, it was just about kind of Sean and I trying to make it work so that we were able to acquire them both, you know, and credit to them. You know, I think the deciding factor for them was, you know, an opportunity to, to win with us. And, um, and they both, you know, I think, um, yeah, might've had better offers kind of elsewhere, but I think it was also appealing for them, the fact that they would get kind of get to play together too. Right. And, um, and as well, I think some relationships that they had with some of our players our current veteran players like Brody and Dane and, and Wes and others, 
that they had kind of played with in the past uh, really helped as well. And relationships that they had with myself and Josh Sanderson, our offensive coach, really helped as well. But I think just the overall feeling and situation for them and their families and the opportunity to win for us, first of all, was really flattering for me, um, you know, uh, but also, you know, really kind of, I think, was in the end the deciding factor for them both. It's really exciting to see two guys of their caliber look at the situation in San Diego and see a real opportunity to win by bringing their skill set. So that's that's super exciting for everybody here. Take us through each guy, just kind of what they bring as a player. I think you've got two very different right-handers. Start with Curtis Dixon. Give us a you know a brief description of his game. Yeah, and I think that's an important point, right? I don't think we, we would have had the same level of interest in, 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 in bringing both in if we thought that they did the same thing, right? I think they both bring a, a really unique uh, style of play um, that complements each other and the rest of our offense really well. So Curtis, starting with Curtis, you know, I mean, there's, there's – I don't know if there's – I've ever seen a, a, a more intense competitor – uh, in the game of lacrosse in his generation of player. You know, he's he's really, really comfortable. I think his game has evolved over the years, but he's the type of player where you want you want the ball in his stick, right? With with uh, with the game on the line with under a minute left to play. And and we have a lot of guys within our offense that are like that. Um, but I, I just think the way he kind of cr- creates uh, opportunities for others around him um, with his dodging ability and, and his ability to get to the net, you know, he can have two or three guys draped all over him and still make plays, right. Get a shot on net or, or obviously dish the ball off and, and, and create easier opportunities for the people around him. Um, and then he's just such a, a you know, a, a very, very dynamic player and, and emotional and passionate player that is, is very clutch in, in big moments. And, you know, he's a very athletic player as well, so he can press the ball. He can create turnovers. He's underrated in that way in terms of pressing the ball, which is something that we never really had uh, in our offense aside from, you know, maybe Wes. Uh, and then, um, you know, he can play anywhere on the power play. He can play in all different types of situations, right? He can have the ball on this stick if we're killing time and and that sort of thing. So I think those are some of the strengths that Car- uh, Curtis bring. You know, he's a Hall of Fame player. Um, and, but, you know, Kevin in his own right is kind of the same way, right? You know, very athletic, but I think with Kevin as well, and again, can play anywhere on the power play. He can actually go back and play defense if we need to need him to, he can play on the, on the face-off team. He's a very versatile player, uh, and very dynamic player. He's a shooter. He's a great distributor. Um, you know, but Kevin brings size, right? And that's something that we, Never really had. Both of them bring size, but especially with Kevin in terms of, you know, sealing guys down and, and, and being really strong in the two-man game and, you know, with or without the ball, you know. So, again, they're just guys that I think anyone would take that's going to make any offense better. Um, but for us, it's, it's definitely – they bring elements to the offense that we just haven't had over the first three years. That's a really, really interesting description of, uh, of what they bring to the game. So with that, we'll just kind of close this portion up, uh, just talking about the offense and the amount of talent that you've accumulated on the offensive side of the ball is pretty incredible. And how do all these talented players, many of whom are probably used to having the ball in their stick a lot, play together and build cohesiveness and, and a good team game that's going to be effective? Well, that's kind of shooter's problem. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, no, I think it's uh, it's no, it's it's a good problem to have, right? I think uh, you know, obviously that 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 went into our decision making process when when we decided to kind of bring these guys in, and we had conversations with guys too, right? You know, some of our other guys like Austin and Dane and and Wes and 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 Trey and Jer and Mac and all the guys and Casey, all these guys, you know, are used to being the man right, on pretty much every team that they've ever played on, right? And, you know, I think from their perspective, hearing the excitement in their voices when we even had a chance at acquiring Kevin and, and Curtis, 
you know, um, I think speaks really highly of the type of people that Kevin and Curtis are, but also the type of teammates that our guys, you know, the rest of our guys are too. And, and, and also acknowledging the fact that the, bringing these guys in is going to give us a better chance to win. So, yeah, I think, I think training camp is, becomes really important. I think, you know, them developing relationships and chemistry even before training camp starts is really important. Um, but they're, they're a group of really unselfish guys, right? And they understand that it's really not about names on paper. That's not how you win championships. It's about how you come together as a group and as a team not just within the offense, but within the entire 25-man unit, right? And we're all in it together. And, and, and in order to win, you need to make sacrifices, right? Maybe, you know, you need to shoot the ball less, right? And, and pass the ball a little bit more. You know, maybe you need to change your role sometimes as well, where you're not the guy having picks set for you. You're the guy actually setting picks. And, and, uh, and, and those guys were very clear with me that they were willing to do those things coming in. And, and that meant a lot to us. And, you know, they're big personalities too. Right. And, and, uh, and, and that's, a, that's a part of it too. But uh, I think when you're willing to make those sacrifices and you're willing to put others before yourself, yourself in those situations, nothing but good can come of it, you know, and you become a stronger team, but it'll be a work in progress. Right. And, and it's, and they're, you know, they're, they're big pieces and, uh, and it's going to take some time for us to come together. It's really exciting. It's going to be exciting for shooter to, to put this whole thing together and to see the different roles that these guys take uh, all in the sake of winning. I think everybody's really excited to see that. So the, the last piece of the off season, at least on this side of it, uh, is your brother, uh, the captain Brody Merrill, I think at his age and his experience, everybody always wonders when, when the last year is coming, uh, he's an ageless wonder to, to say the least, but at some point he's going to hang him up and, you know, I, I'm sure we'll have a conversation with him about this decision, but did you think he was coming back? Did this, did these free agent signings push him over the edge to come back? Uh, how did that all work out? Well, yeah, like as we were talking about earlier, right, it, there's a sense amongst the group that it, there's a feeling of kind of unfinished business. Right. And I, I actually hate that term. I feel like it's an overused term, but you know, um, it really felt that way you know, after it abruptly, abruptly ended, um, you know, after we lost to Colorado and, you know, um, and, and not only for him, right. But, but for us as a group, you know, and, and I think if um, we didn't feel like we could take another step as a group, right. And then, you know, it, it might've been different for him and for, and for Dane as well. Right. Um, and, and from, for some of our other veteran guys, but, um, you know, we, we felt really encouraged that like we were onto something and we had, you know, and there was, and there was more, right. And, and there was more, uh, to accomplish with this group. So, you know, my first priorities were in the off season were to make sure that we could bring Dane back, that we could bring Frankie back and we could bring Brody back. You know, and um, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm sure you noticed this as well, Mike, <laughs> you know, he didn't sign too far after we acquired Curtis and Kevin, right? And um, to show, you know, I, I, I think, you know, he was still leaning towards coming back, but when we were able to acquire those two, um, you know, it was, you know, I, I actually... I uh, was around him that day where it was around Brody that day. And just to see the excitement in his face, um, I hadn't seen that yet over the course of the off season. And uh, for me, that was, uh, that was really, really cool and made me even more invigorated and inspired and excited. Um, but, but, you know, I think for him um, really helped, helped him make his decision. Well, I know everybody here was uh, thrilled to have him back. Uh, obviously a tough decision, but a, uh 
made easier by uh, your hard work this offseason. So you put together a good team of uh, solid veterans. You've had some really impactful draft picks over the last couple of years, which leads you to the draft, which uh, just happened last week, and your chance to kind of backfill a little bit pretty much because you've got a pretty set team at this point. So you're probably looking a little more to the future uh, of what mm -hmm. this team is going to look like after some of these veterans either retire, move on, or whatever the case may be and when you need to get younger so with that i'll kind of start you know just give us a basic idea of what your draft prep looks like you know what 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 scouting looks like you're you're looking at american players you're looking at canadian players you've got a staff of uh of of guys with shooter and other scouts that are helping you put together evaluations on these different prospects um just give us a basic idea of what your draft prep looks like yeah, so it, it you know it, it starts uh, almost immediately, and actually before uh, before the season even ends, uh, or immediately thereafter. And uh, for our scouts, you know they're not only you know scouting over the off season, but they're also scouting players and other on other teams that potentially could become available to us, um, you know, during the season while the season's going on, right? And uh, and so we have uh, you know. Uh, Ryan Boyle, who helps us with, um, you know, the players that are still in college um, that either are, you know, uh, playing in the PLL in the summer or are returning to college for their fifth year. Um, so he, he does a really good job of following them during their, their college seasons. And then again, throughout the course of the summer, and then I'm having communicate, you know, conversations with him on an ongoing basis with those guys. Um, and then, and it is a little bit trickier too with the, with with all those collegiate athletes having their fifth year of eligibility and and where they stand with that. Um, and you know some of those uh, players kind of make decisions on that front at different times than others. And he helps us track that. And then you know we have an Eastern Canadian scout uh, by the name of Ben Neve, and he he, he you know um, scouts the the Eastern Conference. So. Uh, you know, Halifax, Toronto, Philly, Georgia, et cetera, uh, during the season. And then the off season, he'll scout the, the junior uh, leagues up here and senior leagues up here in the summer. And uh, Travis Gillespie, who is a, does the same, but on the West coast, you know, and then, and then, and then shooter is a, is a great resource as well. Like shooter knows, uh, you know, is a, is a great mind that is that way as well. So, you know, you know, after we go through the process of, of free agency and, and we sign all these, these free agents, uh, then we obviously know what hills, uh, what, what holes we need to fill, you know, for the upcoming season, but also to your point earlier, like organizationally for the future. Right. And, uh, and that's kind of more where we are and, we, and how we were able to approach this season is that again, a lot of our guys that we selected this year, you know, may we're hoping can kind of, be able to step in and contribute, contribute if needed, but also we might be able to take a little bit more time with, right. To, uh, to develop for the future. So, uh, and, and when we have those type of conversations, that's, that's as we get a little bit closer to the draft, right. Um, you know, after kind of free agency starts to wind down, we get closer to the draft and kind of the two or three weeks leading up to that, uh, where, where summer lacrosse, where we kind of scout all these players is starting to wind down um, and uh, we're able to hone in more on kind of specific organizational needs, short and long term. So you get to the draft. You don't have your first round pick. You traded that last season uh, for Patrick Shume, who was an immediate impact player. So obviously a, a great addition there. You do have a first round, a late first rounder, a compensation pick. And with that, you, you select somebody that we're all very familiar with. You select a big lefty forward, Jake Govett, you know, somebody that's already truly in the family and now officially a part of the Seals family. Uh, what did you see and what did, what brought Jake to the Seals? All right. I think, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, we needed to get bigger and we needed to get more athletic and younger uh, within our offense. You know, we were really good five on five, but then we would go stretches where, you know, where we would go a long time without scoring goals, you know, and, and, uh, and we, again, relied on, on too many guys to um, kind of carry the mail that way, as I mentioned before. So Jake brings size, uh, obviously a younger guy that we were very familiar with. He grew up around the NLL his entire life. 
Uh, he played for the, the Royals in the summertime. So I got to scout him um, for the last two summers. And, and uh, he was a leader on that team. But also we felt like he brought, brought a skill set that we were really looking for on the left side. You know, a guy that can, you know, obviously size and athleticism, but also a guy that can set picks, doesn't need the ball a lot, can pick up good loose, you know, big loose balls, can create space, you know, for guys like Austin, Dane, and, you know, and Mac and Casey on the, on the left side if needed to. But also if he, um, you know, he's also got good finish as well. But, um, you know, but with Jake and, and the rest of the guys that we drafted in this, in this draft, um, you know, I think he needs some ex- more seasoning and experience kind of playing against men and, and L- NLL caliber defenders and, and goaltenders. And, and he'll have, have the opportunity to, to do that with us, but also, you know, learn from uh, some of the best lefties in the league, you know, and, uh, and some veteran guys are going to really help him uh, take his game to another level and teach him how to be a pro. Uh, but we were really, really excited that Jake was able to, you know, uh, be available to us at 22 at the end of the first round. And, um, you know, I think he's going to complement our, our team really well. And, 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 and not only on the floor, but, you know, getting to know him as a person too. I think he's just a great fit for our team. It's going to be really exciting to see Jake grow. And I think he'll have all the leadership and mentorship that he could ever want uh, with the team that you've put together here. So with your, your next pick, you actually make a deal. This is a, uh, you, Obviously saw somebody that you really wanted. You traded Devin Maye, a guy that's been a, a part of this team uh, partially because of uh, other things he had going on in his sporting career. But you, you land a second and a, and a future third and you take Cameron Lum, a, a defender, uh, somebody you went out and got. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, first of all, Devin was, a you know, is a is a great person. And, and, uh, you know, again, another, another player that we had a tough time parting with, but, um, you know, really, you know, in conversations with him over the course of the off season, you know, and, and even since we drafted him, it was, it was a player that, you know, it was going to be really, he wasn't going to be available to us this year. Right. And, uh, and we needed to, with all the rest of the defensive players that, uh, we lost uh, either in free agency or through the expansion draft. Um, you know, uh, we needed to add to our back end and uh, the depth on our back end. And, you know, uh, Cameron Lum is a, is a kid that really grew on, on us and our scouts over the course of the summer. He's a long uh, guy that plays kind of actually a very similar style to, to the way Devin plays is that he's really hard to play against really good one-on-one. He's mean, you know, he, he, he can play in a lot of different situations defensively. You know, one area that we need to get better at is in the transition game. And, and, and Cam Lum can, can really add to that. And, and he's a player that's a West Coast kid that can fully commit. Um, and, you know, he's a young guy. So, you know, he's going to have to, you know, really earn it over the course of, over, over the course of training camp and, uh, and, you know, and, and really prepare himself, get stronger and all those things going into this season. But, but he's a guy that's available to come in and, and, and help us right now. And, and, and again, I think at this stage in our maturity as a team, um, you know, and we feel like we're again, a team that, that, that is going to push to try and win now. Uh, that was important to us is is to find a player in the draft in that area of the draft that uh, can can hopefully push to come in and 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 be on our active roster and be in our lineup right away, and and we think Cameron Lum has that potential, uh, and that's why we made the trade for him, um, but is also a player that I think fits in well with our co- core group of young defenders that we hopefully can develop to be a part of our team for many years to come. Yeah. The defense has just been getting younger and younger each year. And it's going to be excited to see him. Your next pick in the second round, a guy that you probably had the opportunity to take because he's not going to be able to play right away. He is one of the, uh, you know, COVID seniors, whatever you want to call it, going back to school for the spring. Maybe you get him at the end of the year, but somebody we're also very familiar with another San Diego Royal. And I mean, it says something that, you know, another, American born, California grown player going in the second round. Tell us a little bit about Peyton Rosenka and what eventually he's going to bring to this team. Absolutely. I, I mean, uh, to your point with the Royals, I mean, um, 
you know, they, they, they had the privilege of playing for, for Cam Holding and, and West Berg over the course of the last two summers. And, you know, um, that's a huge advantage for us, right? Because in Jake's case, playing for Wes, you know, um, not only does he get to learn from one of the best players in the world in Westburg, but he also gets to learn our systems offensively, right? He gets to know uh, Josh Sanderson and his style of play right through Wes. And, um, and that was a, a big reason why, you know, again, you know, we put a little bit more attention on and focus on those guys in, in the first two rounds because we, we, we know what we're getting. Right. And uh, and we also for them, it gives them a bit of an advantage coming into training camp because they're more familiar with the way we like to do things from a culture perspective, but also on the field. So that was very, you know, you know, a very big part of our decision making process with Peyton Rosenka as well. You know, he's a guy that, you know, just started playing box across two summers ago and, and really honestly dominated at that level at the uh, CBLL level uh, in that league and, and, and led the Royals to a championship, two championships uh, over the course of, of the last two summers. And uh, you know, a guy that's a all American at Loyola, D Mitty at Loyola and a San Diego native. Um, he was a no brainer for us. And, and this kid is gonna, this kid can play <laughs> like this. Is, this kid is, a, a, you know, there's nothing on the lacrosse floor that this kid cannot do. You know, but he also kind of just like Jake and and Cameron Lum, he just kind of fits the 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 type of personality uh, that we that we look for uh, in all of our seals players. You know, he's a he's a good teammate, but he's also just relentless. Like he's got a real uh, infectious passion for the game, and um, and you, you know to add another personality like that. I, I think just gives us a better chance to win. Um, but, you know, he's not going to be available to us next year. And, you know, also looking at kind of where Brody is in his career and where Cam Holding is in, in his career, you know, that's a that's a player that, um, you know, that can potentially step in next year, uh, maybe if, uh, if others move on. Um, so um, that was, uh, you know, we, 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 we had targeted Peyton right, you know, right from the beginning of the offseason and we were glad to get him. So to close out the second round, you see another player you like. You make a trade with Las Vegas to get uh, a second this year for a second next year. Another lefty forward, Adam Noakes. Tell us about him. Yeah, Adam Noakes is uh, a kid that, uh, you know, we made a trade for to acquire this pick because of of our, our scouting staff really believe that, you know, where we were able to select him was really, really good value. Uh, we didn't expect him to be available that late. And, uh, you know, again, I think that's, you know, more of an organization, more of a pick for the future. Um, but, you know, again, we have some veteran, uh, you know, veteran lefties that kind of went through some different injury problems last year, right? And so you can have never never enough insurance, really, uh, on the left side and, and his strengths. He's a really, really gritty, uh, offensive player, um, really slick around the crease, really, really strong in the good, in the two man game, you know, and, and similar to Jake, right. It, it you know, guys that kind of bring a different dimension to our offense that we felt like we, we were missing last season too. So as much as we're, we're drafting Adam for the future, and Jake and, and 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 Jake and Cameron Lum, we believe that these guys can all step in and contribute if needed. So, um, you know, we were really thrilled to get Adam where we did, and he plays up in the summer league in Vancouver, and you know, very familiar with some of our other players as well. And um, you know, and and we hear great things about his character. He's a ca he's one of their captains in Coquitlam in the Junior A League, and. Uh, you know, a 21 year old that is, uh, you know, what we were told were kind of one was one of the kind of most NLL ready players in the draft for a guy his age. Right. That didn't go to college. So uh, we were really excited to acquire Adam. Then you close out the the Seals draft in the fourth round, obviously a pick that got a lot of a, a fun attention online. But Chris Dong, you know, <laughs> make no mistake. Uh, a lot of people said this guy's a real player. Tell us about him. Absolutely. And, uh, I've known Chris since he was, uh, 
you know, 10 years old. Uh, I, he grew up uh, playing for me and, um, you know, bef long before the Seals even existed. And, um, you know, Chris is going to, you know, he's a young player. He's only 20 years old, uh, turning 21 in February. And, you know, again, for him to be available with the 69th pick overall in the fourth round, right? Um, you know, we can't lose by, by, by selecting a player at that stage in the draft just because of the potential that he has at the NLL level. Uh, it is going to take him some time to mature. Uh, you know, to, to be ready to, you know, make the jump to play in the NLL. Um, but there's really, you know, he's a very versatile player that, you know, there, there aren't many things at either end of the floor that he can't do. He can take face-offs, he can score, he can stay and play offense, and he's comfortable up front. Uh, and defensively, he's a very, you know, competent defender too. So, um, you know, we're, we're really excited to get Chris in there and, um, you know, I think, again, you know, organizationally going forward, he's a player that, you know, we can plug into a lot of different places if needed uh, short term. But, you know, I think is going to be a really, really strong NLL player for a long time uh, and hopefully with us. So uh, we're happy to get Chris in there. And uh, he's, a, he, you know, it's funny that he's a he's a. Uh, uh, internet sensation too after the draft, but uh, you're going to even love his personality that much more. He's got a really dry, uh, but interesting sense of humor too. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think the fans of San Diego are really going to like Chris, but, but more importantly, he's a player that, that, that everybody loves to play with uh, just because of his personality, but also the way he plays the game and he approaches the game. So that pretty much wraps up your offseason. I mean, there might be a, a street free agent here or there or somebody you're adding to camp. Mm -hmm. But what do you see as the next, you know, we're looking at only five, maybe six weeks until camp starts. What's that time frame look for you? And what does that time frame look for the players getting ready for that first camp? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the next uh, the next step is, uh, yeah, like, a, absolutely. There's not much more work to be done to um to add to our roster you know we um uh we feel really good about the the roster that we have going into camp, training camp and 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 this year you know we're going to keep our 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 roster level we're not going to bring in a, a ton of guys this year because quite frankly there aren't many spots to be to to be had uh or to fight for at training camp this year so this year's going to be look a little bit different it's going to be more about yes there's going to be some co competition um, you know, for spots, you know, whether that be on the active roster or the practice roster. Um, and it's going to be super competitive that way. Um, but it's also going to be about developing some chemistry uh, within the group because we're going to have some new guys. And, and, um, and, you know, building on, you know, obviously where we left off last year. So the first weekend uh, of November, we're bringing everyone to town for our first weekend of training camp. Um, you know, where we're going to practice a lot, we're going to do a lot of, you know, uh, team building type exercises to, to try and, uh, get to know all the new guys, but also acclimatize the new guys and introduce them to our culture and then start developing, uh, chemistry quickly on the floor. Right. And then, and then from there, um, coach Sanderson and I are going to start again, you know, evaluating them in terms of what their strengths are and what, what we need to work on, or, you know, obviously putting them in, in the right position for success as we move into uh, the rest of training camp and the start of the season. But that's what that will be focused on. And then we're really excited. The second week at training camp, um, we're actually going to Akwesasne, um, you know, for a, for a preseason tournament uh, where it's going to be a really, really unique lacrosse experience for our guys. Uh, we're really, really excited about it. Um, and uh, we're going to get to play some exhibition games against Halifax and, and Vegas. And then, you know, really see where kind of where we're at um, with regards to, you know, not only, uh, you know, playing against each other and competing against each other and practicing, but, but obviously competing against somebody else at that level. And uh, we're really excited for that. And then really that's going to wrap up training camp this year. And then, you know, we might have some kind of smaller group sessions and, and meetings and stuff 
you know, on that last weekend of training camp. But but from there, we're, we're, we're really looking to kind of solidify our team and and move forward and, and start getting prepared for December 9th. But, you know, the next couple of months leading up to November, really, they're going to be in the hands of our strength and conditioning coaches from Iron Ore, uh, Coach Justin and Coach Paul and and. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, really it's, it's just about, you know, them becoming, you know, prepared for training camp. You know, some of them are just finishing their summer seasons, you know, some of them are just kind of, uh, you know, preparing for that kind of six week, you know, grind that it's going to take to get ready for training camp. And then, uh, and then, uh, we'll be, we'll be ready to go from there. Well, it's going to be really exciting to get the guys in for camp, to watch them gel and come together as a team and get ready for a season with, uh, honestly, a lot of expectations because there is so much talent on this team. Uh, want to say congratulations to you uh, on, you know, a successful offseason. Whatever happens, happens. You know, that's why you play the game. But, uh, you know, I think most people would say you did your part on uh, putting together the best team you possibly could. So congratulations on congratulations on that. And uh, looking forward to seeing you here in San Diego, getting these guys ready to go. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of our staff in, in terms of, um, you know, who, we, you know, what we accomplished over the off season, but, um, you, you know, and obviously, you know, as, as we like to say, you know, it, you know, we'll see, right. We'll see, we'll see how it all translates onto the, onto the field in November and December when the season starts. But, uh, you know, I, I think w what I'm most proud of is that, you know, from, from the work that you all are doing in the front office to the type of fans that we have in San Diego, um, to the way we treat players from, from Joe and Steve down, um, you know, we're obviously doing some things right because, you know, um, my job was pretty easy over the off season because lots of guys and, uh, you know, wanted to, wanted to play for us. And I think that there's no bigger compliment as an organization than that, you know, and, um, but that's, that's the type of city that we have to offer. That's, that's the total package. That's, uh, that's just not, you know, uh, negotiating contracts with guys. That's, uh, that's uh that's a testament to all the hard work that everybody in the in the organization has put in over the last few years so um you know that makes me extremely proud and it, it makes me extremely inspired to come back and uh and uh get started with this group it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast it's gonna be a hell of a ride so um i can't wait thanks mike very well said. We'll see you soon. All the best to you and the family. And uh, as you make your preparations for the season, I uh, can't wait to see you here in San Diego. Appreciate your time. You too, my man. Can't wait to see you, you guys as well. Thanks. All the best.